Good evening. This is Victoria Warville with Dream Dogs, and this is our weekly podcast. Uh, we did have a bonus one uh, last week uh, after our flight, uh, which we're going to discuss a little bit. And uh, then this one, I have to set them up ahead of time, and I accidentally hit the wrong thing. So, whoopsie, um, you guys get something different here. Haha, <laughs> sorry. Um, and then we'll just have to go. Oh, there we go. I am live. Good. I always like to check that and make sure because you never know um, because we want to make sure that everything is all good. So um, what am I talking about tonight? I'm talking about a whole bunch of different things tonight. Hi, Nicole. Um, we have, I have my list. You want to see my list? Boing. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Uh, I want to talk about my North Carolina workshop I was just at. Hi, Larissa. Uh, nails about what I was wrong about because who are you as a person if you're not able to admit that you're wrong? And I'm going to admit I was wrong, guys, about two things. Um, and then we're going to talk about service dog equipment, but we're going to start with Gypsy. I came home. Jenga was very excited to see me. Gypsy is nowhere to be found because she is still visiting her boyfriend. So it's so weird in the house without Gypsy here. Um, Django and Candy are trying to make up for it though. But uh, but yeah, it's it's weird without her here. So she is. Um, Gypsy is still with her boyfriend. They have not tied yet, which is whenever they go chicky chicky want want, um, boom shakalaka. Um, they have not tied yet, but um, you know, she hasn't told him to leave her alone yet either. So uh, it's usually what happens is um, the female goes to the male. And because uh, he's going to be more comfortable on his home turf because, you know, performance anxiety. And uh, and so we have that. So that that's that's what uh, Shira came out this weekend, who's Aiden's owner. And she picked up one of our goats uh, and then we're going to get a baby back. Um, so I think that worked out pretty cool. And I'm so glad that one of our boys is going to um, be at her place and help her girls to be all they can be um, and make cute little goatee babies because goatee babies are super fun. So, um, so Gypsy is with Aiden, uh, fitting in very well there. They also have Evan and they have Kayla. So Evan's a neutered male and Kayla's uh, their intact female who they're going to breed Aiden with in the future. So they're goldens. They all get along really well. And, um, and Gypsy's making herself right at home. Uh, but that's what's going on with Gypsy. We are hoping for puppies. Uh, you know, if they tie, if everything goes well, what it is, is it's a two month gestation. So this is, say, middle October, middle of December. So just before Christmas, the puppies will be here. And then middle of February is when they go home. So it's a two-month gestation, then they go home at, um, at eight weeks. So that's that's how it goes. I do have a list of people. So if you are interested in uh, Gypsy Puppy, both of them are fully health tested. Um, they have all their health clearances, um, hips, elbows, eyes, and heart. Um, Gypsy also has, we've done her genetic panel as well. Um, they both have their Canine Good Citizens, um, Star Puppy, CGCs, CGCU, and CGCA, which is the Urban and the Advanced. Um, they have Trick Dog titles. I'm not sure how many Aiden has. Um, Gypsy has, I want to say, her Novice, Intermediate, and Advanced. And I think Aiden has Novice and Intermediate. He might have Advanced as well. Um, so, you know, they're both service dogs. They're both amazing service dogs. They both have amazing temperaments. Yay, which is what you want to look for when you're getting either a pet or a service dog. But enough about Gypsy. You guys want to hear about what I was wrong about, right? So I know how people go. So what happened on our trip up? So where we were this weekend is Karen and I 
flew up to North Carolina, flew up to Raleigh for a workshop by Marina Zuna. Marina is an amazing dog and she does a lot of body work. So it's not like me popo where it's, this is the framework for training your dog. This is how you do it. It's more why you would do the things when you would do the things I'm getting the dog ready to be able to learn. So it, it, it complements everything. Um, it really does. Um, and, and she's just, she's a magnificent person. I truly adore her. Um, and she's fun, you know, like it was, it was a really amazing workshop. So Karen, um, brought Holstein and I was going to bring gypsy until she came into heat. So I brought candy instead. And I was kind of like, should I bring candy or should I rely on my service human? Because candy hasn't done an airline trip since she flew over here, um, from Serbia. Well, from Czech. And, um, you know, how's she going to be with that? So we, um, I have to trim my hair. Sorry about that. All in my eyes. Um, so we flew up, um, her and I flew up frontier and we had some issues, um, with the gate person. I'm extremely rude. Um, told us he was going to make us board last, last out of everybody. I'm like, no, that's not how things work. Um, and it was just, it was very, frustrating, annoying, and disheartening. So uh, Karen and I had done a Facebook Live about it, uh, that you know we would never fly Frontier after the return trip home because we couldn't cancel the return trip home um, because you know we had to get home. Um, but on the way back, we actually had an amazing flight home. Uh, whenever we checked our bags, uh, we talked to the, uh, the girls at the counter and they said that the um, the flight was completely, absolutely booked. There's no way we could get an extra seat between us. Now on the flight up, um, we also had an extra seat between us. We weren't gonna, but they did move some people around for us uh, because we did fly both service dogs were on the same side in a bulkhead row. So um, Gypsy or so Candy and, and Holstein aren't the smallest of service dogs. They're not like little tiny lap dogs, right? Um, but they're not huge either. But they, you know, they did take up the floor space. So the whoever shared with us was going to have to share with us. Um, but, but like I said, they did move it, which was nice. The flight up was fine. It was just that gate attendant who was, he was an utter pain in the rear end. Um, so like I said, it, it was so frustrating. So, but but we we had the, the road to ourselves on the way up. Um, they also tried to tell us, well, he tried to tell us that we couldn't sit the two service dogs on the same side in the same row because they don't do that, which I totally understand. And I wholeheartedly agree with, but they're best friends and they know each other. Like if, if I went on a plane and you brought your service dog, you know, say Joe brought his service dog and I don't know Joe. Um, and my dog doesn't know his dog. No, you, you cannot put us together. And I totally 150% agree with that, but we booked the tickets together. Um, you know, it's on the same reservation, uh, you know, the dogs know each other. The dogs are very comfortable with that. Um, so we were fine with that too, especially since they were bigger, you know, we were trying to make it easier and just, you know, inconvenience one person because it's three and three, right? So if two of us are there, one, two of them, that would only be one person that we're inconveniencing instead of four people that we're inconveniencing. So uh, great trip home. Um, they came up to us, they moved the, uh, there was a problem because of weather and because it was an evening one. So it took some time to, we were supposed to leave at seven. We didn't leave until nine, nine thirty. 30. Um, at night, our initial flight, we were supposed to get in at noon and then they canceled that and put us on this evening flight. 
So it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock before we landed. And then we had to get our luggage and everything else. So it, it was a long day. We didn't get to bed until about two o'clock in the morning um, this morning. But uh, they came up to us as we were waiting at the gate to, uh, you know, as they were deboarding. And one of the guys came up who worked at Frontier, had his name tag on and everything, and uh, told us that they cleared off that middle seat for us. Um, so we would, because we took the end in the middle, or we took the end in the window, hoping no one would choose the middle seat, but it's bulkhead, so people wanted it. So we, uh, you know, we did have that, which was nice. Now Holstein's um, elbows, he has some elbow calluses, and um, some elbow, not really calluses, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. They're not calluses, they're elbow issues. And because of that, because of the elbow issues, um, on the flight up after we got up to North Carolina, like they were bleeding and oozing some, and we think it's because of the chemical cleaners that they were using. So um, Karen had brought, uh, I don't know, like giant pee pads. Um, so she had these wee pad things to, to lay on because it was a nice barrier. Um, so she had those for him to lay on top of instead of just a blanket where, you know, the chemical would just transition this way. It was a disposable pee pad um, that he could he could lay on. So that was nice. Um, and the flight coming into Raleigh made me so sick. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was having a stroke. It was that bad. Um, but this flight was there was some turbulence because there were some storms, but it was fantastic. The thing that made it just absolutely amazing is there was the, the best airline hostess, stewardess, what do they call them now? Whatever they call them. She was absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved her. And, uh, and so that was really nice that um, she, she just, she made it super fun. So I was wrong. We might travel frontier in the future because of that amazing trip home. They really redeemed themselves frontier did. Um, and, you know, we're nice people. We talk nice, uh, you know, and, and we weren't like, you need to give us the extra seat. Uh, you know, we just, we explained, um, you know, we just asked, you know, is there anything? Um, and then they made sure too. they said, well, you know, the seats in the front row, the, the armrests don't come up. You know, if you guys want, you know, do you want them that come up or not? And we're like, no, you know, we don't need them to come up. We're fine with that. But that was really nice of them. You know, the, the Raleigh crew there and the Orlando based flight crew, I think it was Orlando based flight, whatever that flight crew was last night. Absolutely amazing. I was super happy about that. Another thing I was wrong with about were the harnesses. So when we were at the IACP conference in September, um, Karen had her Yup harness evaluated um, by the guys from Boldly Design and was told um, a few things. Um, so what we did is we brought the Yup harness, the My Boldly Design harness, a fleece harness that we got from someone, and my port harness um, we brought up for Marina to look at. Now, Marina, remember, she's the one who did the workshop. <coughs> Excuse me. The workshop on uh, that we went up to, right? And she knows a lot about canines and, and gait and, you know, what they're supposed to be doing and what they're not supposed to be doing. So she, uh, she looked at all of them. We tried them all on Holstein. And this is from her. So this is who I'm going to believe more than I'm going to believe a salesman from... Uh, from from a, a competitor, right? Uh, what what she said is the Yup harness is a good quality leather, which we knew. Now this piece they said was was cheaper. The the chest strap um, it needed more padding, so we need to add more sheepskin to it, or find out a way to get more padding on there. Um, and if we can take off where it connects, where the um, arm straps connect to the back. And re and move them just a little bit. 
it would be really, really, really good because um, I'm going to show you on myself because that makes sense, right? So you know the shoulder of a dog, right? It's like a weird triangle bone and it's right here. Well, like right there, the shoulder of a dog. There's um, a dip, a groove, right? Between the shoulder and the neck. And that is where most should sit. That is where um, the strap should sit on them, but they don't for a lot of these harnesses. And they're going to infringe on movement, on gait. They're not going to sit correctly. And then the other thing you want to look at is the brachial nerve is what I'm going to call it. And that goes right across the point of um, of the, the front, the, the point of the chest. Uh, and you've got to watch that, the point of the shoulders, because if it sits on it, it could really hurt the dog. And that, guys, that's why the easy walk harnesses are bad, because it sits right on that brachial nerve. And it's going to cause issues with your dog's mobility, your dog's gait, um, with your dog's going to compensate for it. And, you know, it's going to screw up everything. So that's why we don't use the easy walk harnesses. Um, but this one was sit sitting, so it's good. So the up harness, if we can change the back, um, the connectors there, which guess what? I have a friend. Um, Arabes' owner actually can do that for us because we've already talked to her about it, which is awesome. So she's going to um, get that fixed for us. And I looked on the Yup Harness site, and they actually have some where the shoulders come out and they cross, they crisscross, uh, where they connect onto the back strap. So that should be really good then. That that If we can make that change and make it where it's more padded for Holstein, then it gets Marina stamp of approval, which is a huge thing. Um, the fleecy vest thing. Yep. That works. The Bridgeport one works, you know, just because of how it sits and where it fits, um, which is actually, I have a Bridgeport one coming, um, to look at. And then my boldly design is good. Now, uh, who was it? Someone was just asking me about what I call them, the Amazon special vests, which are like the red ones that say service dog and they fit over it. And you might've seen it advertised like a, um, use this for your dog and they can't pull out of it vest. Um, they're about $30 on Amazon. Um, that one should be good. The problem is whenever you're looking at it, what is your purpose for it? Is it just to have a harness on your dog um, so your dog can move well or to advertise him as a service dog so people aren't like, why are you bringing your pet in here? You know, service dogs don't need to be labeled as service dogs. They don't need to wear vests and harnesses, but we do it in part to help us out at number one. And number two is to cut down on the questions of, I didn't know we could bring a pet in here. Is that a pet? You're not allowed to bring your pet in here because that can get aggravating. So unless it's readily apparent that the dog is a service dog, you know, the gatekeepers, which is like the manager of the store, the owner of the store, the um, the greeter at the store have the right to ask you two questions according to the idea. Is that a service dog required because of a disability? What task or work has the dog been trained to do? Okay. So that doesn't mean that as a customer in the store, you can come up to me and ask that. It doesn't mean that every employee in the store should come up and ask me that. It is the gatekeeper. That's what we call it. Now, if you're of an age and you've seen the original Ghostbusters, right? Every time I think of the gatekeeper, I think there has to be a key master out there somewhere. Um, maybe your dog's the key master, but uh, but the gatekeeper can ask you those questions. So sometimes having the vest or the harness will cut down on those questions because it says on there it's a service dog or it's a service dog in training. Uh, I like Gypsy's vest, which I got from Patience and Love on Etsy. I have a few like that. Um, it has the zippy pockets. I like zippy pockets and I like embroidery. 
So something I have has zippy pockets and embroidery. It gets like two stars already in my book, right? Or four stars in my book or whatever it is, right? Like it's an automatic, I like this and I like this. So I put stuff in there so I don't have to carry it. I'm clearly labels her as a service dog, which I like. Um, but harnesses, if you're using them for mobility, so candy, if you've seen candy's um, black leather badass biker harness, right? Or Holstein's awesome Wonder Woman harness, um, red and blue with the stars on it. Uh, that is for mobility. So that is for maybe brace, maybe counterbalance, maybe momentum pull, maybe um, stabilization. So there's purposes for those. So they're usually more expensive than, you know, $30 on, on Amazon for it. Uh, and you have to look at different factors. And I, I, I just showed Marina, I found a couple others and I sent them over and I got her okay on another one. So we might try that as well. We're going to wait for um, this new one to come in. Uh, and see, so we were wrong since you have harnesses with this difference. If we can get more sheepskin and if we can make that change and crisscross the um, shoulder straps on the back, then the, it'll be fine. Um, and, you know, we'll see how they do with it. But we need those two adjustments to be made more sheepskin because the boldly designed harness, I keep looking over there. It's not over there. I don't know why I'm looking over there. But the boldly designed harness has like an inch of sheepskin, which is really nice. It sets it off really nice. Um, off of the dog's body. Because one of the things we talked about is uh, equipment for the service dogs, that it is really hard to find a harness that works. And she had ordered one that she was so excited about uh, and it came in and it was just entirely too heavy because the, whatever that they made it for, the parameters that they made it for, um, it's just, it's too heavy for her dog. Um, so, you know, you need to have a lightweight harness that is supportive as well, right? It's weird. It's really difficult to find something that's just perfect. So we were actually talking about finding a way to design our own harness, our own leash, and our own shoes for the service dogs. And that might be something in the future. We're going to see what happens with these next couple that we have coming in. Because if we have one that we can recommend um, that is good for your dog. Now, mobility-wise, one of the questions that we got over the weekend was why we picked Candy. And one of the reasons we picked Candy is... She was two and a half years old and I didn't have to wait for her to hit two, two and a half years old to do mobility work. So Larissa just asked, how old do dogs need to be to start working with a mobility harness and do they have to have passed health testing first? Yes, to both. Well, yes is an answer to the first one. Um, what they say, they say is 18 to 24 months. We're on the side of caution and do 24 months just because it does take time for the dog to grow and everything. Um, but you can start lightly now and I can show you some of it now. And what it is, is it's how to get him into position for brace. It's some different things, but you don't want to use a mobility harness on a dog, any sort of mobility harness on a dog. And so the dog is at least 18 to 24 months old, has gone to an orthopedic specialist, an orthopedic vet, got the x-rays that his bone plates are closed, that he's fully developed. Um, and then you can do that. So you can do the health testing or you can go to the um, orthopedic vet and have him do the x-rays for you. If you do go to and get like the OFAs or the pen hip x-rays, just make sure that they tell you that they give you that clearance because I will not do that. I will not say, yeah, he's cleared for mobility. I put that on the vets because I did not go to vet school. So you have to go to the vet and get that. But yeah, we do. So with Candy, I did not. <laughs> she was two and a half years old. I'm doing it light until I get her her stuff done. You know, hers is mostly um, the momentum pull. So what happened at the airport, like I said, I, I got, when we landed in Raleigh, 
I felt so bad. I told Karen, I thought I had had a stroke on the plane. I was in such pain and there was pain radiating out right here on my neck, um, right on the back of it. And I could not fully function walk. There was supposed to be a wheelchair waiting for me. I don't know if there was or not. I just wanted to get off of that plane um, and out of that airport. So momentum pull, I hold on to her handle, that floppy handle that's on her black vest, right? And she works and pulls me. Uh, she does have her hip x-rays. Um, I don't know what her health testing is. I have her written down somewhere. Um, but she had got those over in Europe before she came over here. So she's good for it. Uh, but I could, why did we get candy? Is because I could just jump right in and do mobility training. Django is only seven months old. I cannot do mobility training with him. I can work on teaching him how to stand for brace that you do a, a stack, you know, a square stack and put light, light, light pressure. Like if I had a piece of paper and I was just holding the piece of paper out, if my hand on this piece of paper, holding the piece of paper at just one end isn't enough to bend that piece of paper. That's how much weight I put on a dog. Very, very light amount of weight. Um, so in gypsies too, and we have her health clearance and sudden stuff, but we do plan on breeding her and she's a little bit on the shorter side. So the Bridgeport um, harness, the custom harness that we're having done um, will, should fit Candy and Gypsy. So if Gypsy's knocked up, I can't use her for mobility work at all until she's done. Um, but Candy, I can continue using. So Terry asked, when are you breeding Candy? Possibly next summer. So she should come into heat in January. Um, Gypsy's puppy should be out of her for at least a few weeks before Candy comes into heat. And so hopefully she can start getting back into the swing of things. Um, Gypsy can. If not, Jenga will be like 10 months old and I'll have to rely on him. But we're not going to breed or put panties on candy. But we're not going to breed candy until um, summer at the earliest. So we're looking at possibly July breeding candy and then um, doing Gypsy again maybe over the summer, maybe not, because by then Django should be a little over a year old. So we'll see how he's doing. So part of it is having that life plan of your dog so you know what's going when, so you can plan for things like that. So like I said, Gypsy gets knocked up mid-October, puppies mid-December, go home mid-February. We have our service dog school the end of February. We go to Nipopo in April, I think it is, you know, for gold school. You know, you need to plan these things out even if you're not breeding your dog, just so you know what's going on. Um, so, so those are those two answers. So we're looking at designing our own. One of the things I had brought a, um, I had bought a biothane over the shoulder, hands-free leash. Cause I like those. And I had brought that up with me and I didn't even think to grab a normal leather leash. So I had her airport leash from boldly design and this biothane um, around the body leash from, from boldly design. And I wish I would have brought a normal leash because trying to hold that bio thing when my hand was all icky from treats, it was very slippery and very annoying. So, uh, you know, there's things, eh, you know, and one of the things Marina said is it'd be nice if it had a clip right here so you can make it into a shorter leash if need be. So we were talking about the proper harnesses, about different leashes and about shoes. We didn't bring any shoes up. I totally forgot to bring shoes for the dogs, but I have four different types of shoes. So what we're going to do too, they fit Gypsy. So I have to wait for Gypsy to come home. But we're going to get a picture of Gypsy in a stack square position with no shoes, with socks, and then with each of the four pairs of shoes, you know, a separate picture. We're not going to put one on each foot. And, uh, and with that, we're going to see how her point of balance shifts and how she does with that. 
because a lot of times the service dogs wear shoes. Well, the problem is service dogs aren't designed to, dogs aren't designed to wear shoes. Now your options are shoes or burn paw pads. You're going to take shoes, but there's all the time with their service dog and they don't need to. Like I don't wear shoes. I'll wear them now when it cools. I, I don't put them on the dogs. Like if I would just run to Walmart with the dog and I have a disability placard, so I park up front, I walk, what is that, 50 feet into Walmart and then 50 feet out of Walmart. Like I don't put shoes on my dogs even in the heat of summer. Um, but if I'm going to go to Disney, if I'm going to go out to a farmer's market, I am going to do that. I am going to um, to put booties on the dogs, right? But what can we do to make it softer on them because it's harder with the pavement, right? Dogs walk in grass and dirt and sand and mulch, kind of. But, you know, pavement is much harder on the dogs, especially these young dogs. So is there anything we can do to make it easier than what Karen's going to do? She has a digital temperature thingy. I think I might have one, too, uh, to see what hers is. And we're going to do it while it's hot outside before it gets too cool and we're going to see what the temperature of the ground is versus the inside of the shoe so we're not going to have it on the dog at this point so um so we know which ones are the best shoes to go with so we have some testing of our own that we're doing nobody's paying us for the testing um you know so it's totally independent testing to see what is the best equipment for our service dogs um and what affects our point of balance what could affect gait uh, one of the things we had done is uh, we looked at candy. We looked at all the dogs and what Marina wanted ahead of time. First, let me tell you about the workshop. So Marina had posted this. Uh, it was a movement markers workshop, and that's her trademark is movement markers. Uh, so what we're looking at were the correlations between the biomechanicals of the dog and training. What is a particular dog's natal conformation? What is their conformation in that moment? And what does the resulting movement look like and mean and how that affects the training puzzle? Looking at the reasons behind the huge impingements, impairments, <coughs> excuse me, impairments and physical movement integrity that we're seeing in modern suburban dogs and, and city dogs, not just suburbs, but city dogs too. And how does that impact the training puzzle and the trainability threshold of the dog and what to do about it? So we learned about five different assessment tools, a lot of problem-solving exercises, and we had hands-on on soft tissue skills to affect and improve overall physical integrity, recruitment, and rhythmicity to increase not only the well-being of the dog, but the trainability threshold. Uh, a thousand times a day. Just seeing posts that start with, you know, the dogs won't do this, my dog won't do this, a client's dog won't do this or can't do this. And she says too often the solutions that people give are just to change tools or to get a bigger hammer. And it might be that those solutions are, are dead bang on, but what is the analysis that you're using to arrive at those conclusions? What assessments have been made about the trainability or about the impediments to trainability? And what tools do you have that, that work for that? You know, are you using the right tool for a job? If you're using a hammer, do you have a nail? Do you have a thumbtack? You know, if I have a, uh, a sledgehammer and I have a thumbtack, that's not going to be the right combination, right? Uh, 
So we played with the correlations uh, between lack of movement integrity and low proprioception and use proprioception exercises combined with hands-on stretching and body work to increase learning potential. We looked at the other half of the puzzle and looked at the precision or lack thereof of the handler's cues and body language. We did a lot with mirroring. Uh, and what we needed to do with both our bodies to change or impact the training puzzle. Both halves of the equation were addressed. And this this group was, oh my goodness, amazing. You know, sometimes you do workshops and there's like a couple people that you're thinking, oh goodness, why did you come? This one, everyone was amazing. It was a fantastic group. She says, we were open to anything and richly explored unraveling the training puzzle and building skill sets. She says, it was an extraordinary interaction of dogs and humans to increase their understanding in training thresholds and how to change them. And then she wanted to add in one more thing that she forgot to add in here whenever she was writing it up. We played with the correlation between impediments and body integrity and the proprioception thresholds and the correlation to those states of arousal and or reactivity and how we can use the foundation uh, changing exercises to change states of arousal and increase trainability. Ugh. That was a big one, right? But the nice thing is it was huge. Like so much information that at the end you're like, oh my goodness. So if you guys have been out at the ranch, you've I'm going to tell you about Zoe and I'm going to tell you about Candy and Holstein. I'm taking notes so I don't forget. Um, I see... Terry asked, when are we going to host Marina? Um, so the girls up in the panhandle, which is closer to you, Terry, um, had offered first. So if they can't find anything, I just sent Marina my dog room, my living room, what we can do outside, what some of the ranch looks like to give her an idea. Um, because if she wants to come here, I would love to host her. Her this spring, I want to get her down this fall. Because this is something I will do anytime she offers it and I can make it. Her next one is the beginning of January out in Arizona at her ranch. I can't make that one if I have puppies on the ground. You know, I don't want to leave the puppies for that. I don't think. Maybe I will. We'll see. But I'm not promising anything. And so part of it's working around that schedule of puppies on the ground, you know, pregnant um, gypsy puppies on the ground, our workshop, Nipopo Gold. Um, so I don't know if we can do spring, but like I said, I'm, I'm hoping we can do fall because this, guys, I don't care if you're a pet person or if you're a professional trainer or if you're whatever, if you're into massage and you want to get into dogs and working with them where this is something every single person needs, every single service dog person needs this because it's going to affect the longevity of your dog and the workability of your dog. It is. It's, it's totally going to do that. Uh, so for example, Zoe, we're going to start with. So what we learned up there, which I've been hoping and dying and praying for this. So, even if I just use it on Zoe, it's more than paid for itself. So, so if you guys have been out the ranch, you know Zoe, you know my little border collie, as I say in air quotes, um, and how she hops and hobbles and she can't, um, she can't walk right, you know. And so people see, and she walks kind of like Quasimodo. And so people always tell me like, oh, there's something wrong, you know, there's something wrong with her. She's 14, so this is what we tried in the past. We have done. Um, Anna said 100% agree, right? She was one of the ones up there. I love Anna and, and Casey, her and Casey went up together. You know, even if I just use it with, with this one dog, it was worth it. But the fact that I can use it with all five of my dogs, plus I can use it with clients' dog, plus I can show clients. I mean, holy cow, what Marina gave us, I, I can't believe she charged just what she did. She should be charging at least five times that, 10 times that, just because, oh my goodness, it was so amazeballs. It was just the only word I can come up with for it is it's amazeballs. So uh, 
So Zoe, we we got her, we we adopted her. We don't know her age. So we put her around 14 because we've had her for about 10 years and she was a, a full adult when we got her. So 14-ish. Um, we have done chiropractic adjustment. We have done acupuncture with her. Um, we've done all sorts of supplements, including one that you inject into them. I think it begins with an A, but I'm not remembering the name of it. Um, we had to get from the vet. Um, we've done all the glucosamine chondroitin, um, different Young Living oils, different Young Living supplements, any supplement I can find, the glucosamine chondroitin, the, oh, what's that yellow stuff? I never remember the name of it. Turmeric. Um, we've done turmeric with her, like all this stuff. Nothing works. CBD, oh, CBD up the wazoo, like nothing is working with her, you know. And I feel bad because when we moved here three years ago, she liked being out here and she she's always been hobbling. Um, she was one, she had all the training to be my service dog. Um, she flew with me to my first Chad Mackin pack to basics workshop out. And, uh, we flew into Tucson, Arizona, I want to say, or it was in Tucson, Arizona, but it was out there somewhere. Um, she flew with me out there as my service dog. Um, we did the workshop. She came home about a month later. She, Adequin. Yep. That's it, Terry. Thank you. Adequin. She was on which is hella expensive. Uh, she, we come home and she's playing with puppies because she, she'd help out in puppy class. Like she speaks dogs so well. And she, she moved funny. She screamed and she laid down and she didn't move for, at that time it was about 12 hours. She, she didn't move. Um, and now it's anywhere from 12 to 24 hours. If it happens, she'll scream, she'll go down and she'll not move for 12 to 24 hours. Well, that's not normal right? But it's normal for her. So when that happened, we thought, well, she can't be a service dog anymore. But she could still, you know, do hers. Well, she can get really testy with puppies if they're going to crash into her or dogs if they're going to try to crash into her because she knows it's going to hurt. Um, but like I said, she speaks dogs so well. So if people come out with their dogs, most of the time, the first dog they meet is going to be Zoe. But the older she's getting, the crankier she's getting too, because it, it hurts so bad. And I understand that. But like I said, there's nothing we can do to make it easier for her. Um, until Marina, until Marina. So Karen, like I said, we got in here about 1.30 last night. We got to bed around two because we went to bed pretty quickly. Um, and we asked Karen and Holstein, you know, if they wanted to spend the night before they headed into Gainesville. So they did. And then we got up this morning and we worked with Zoe, her and I did. First, we did Zoe's nails because they were entirely too long, which they always are on Zoe. And I always hit the quicks and we hit probably four quicks, maybe more. Um, it'll take some time to receive them and older dogs. They're longer, you know, so you need to work them more. So I'm going to write it on the calendar. So I know when to do nails, um, especially on her to get them to recede back a little bit. I did order a new Dremel. Karen's here. Good. Karen, I just started talking about what we were doing this morning. Um, I did order a new Dremel. It's called the Dremel Micro. It's around hundred. And I also ordered a diamond tip Dremel cutter grinder attachment. Instead of using the little emery board, the little sandpaper rings, um, this is a diamond tip one, so it should be the last one we ever buy. Um, it doesn't get the fur caught. It doesn't heat up. Four quicks. <coughs> That's what I thought it was this morning, which I usually quicker, so it's not a huge deal. But she's one. I was telling Karen, too. I trained her to get her nails done by letting her have a lickety stick um, or like a treat thing, and then she's fine with me doing her nails. But without it, she's pulling back constantly because she wants that treat. So, you know, watch it. If, if you're just doing it where your dog's eating while you're doing nails, I would rather do a nail and then let them eat. And that's what we're doing with Django. So 
So we did her nails. Okay. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do nails. If you look at the Dream Dogs page, the diamond tip bevel. Yep. Yep. That's what we did. It's $150 for this diamond tip bevel. But as many nails as I do, like it's good. You've only really liked the micro Dremel. I've never even seen it, Nicole. I love that it has the lights. I've been using, what is it, like the 8300 or something? They're about $25. And I have three of them because they don't last. Um, you know, they can get through like a dog or two and then that's it. They start wearing down, but they also were getting really hot today, I noticed. Um, so we did have that. It did come in, but like I said, we're waiting on that diamond tip head to come in too. Uh, so we have the new Dremel, which is fantastic. Um, and then we're going to take one of the old ones and we're going to put that in our travel kit and we're going to put one in whenever we go places because like we needed a Dremel this weekend and we had to use theirs because we didn't have ours. We did her nails. We trimmed all the fur between her feet, her fluffy feet, and she kept pulling away for that too. So they don't look pretty, but I don't care. And we have to shave the rest of her because it's that time. Um, but we just, we didn't get to that today. So what Karen and I did then is we did our, the six point evaluation to see how Zoe's doing range of mo motion wise. And then we started doing body work on her. And this is a dog who walks like Quasimodo. Like I have before and after video. And as we do this, I'm going to, I'm videotaping and then I'm going to share it with you all too. So you guys can see the difference in it. Um, so we did the body work on her and then, just watching her move afterwards, she was moving so much better. I'm not going to make up numbers and tell you she was doing like a plasma better, but she was walking so much better. She wasn't doing the really, you know, droppy everything. Um, Cause she does have physical issues like her, her feet point inward. What is that? Pigeon toed. Right. And then she walks and they kind of crisscross a little bit. So, so there is some structural issues at play um, but her ribs were so tight uh, before we started her. You know, when we were assessing her, her ribs were really tight. So we got her pretty good. Um, she's been sleeping a lot today. Um, and we are going to do it. Well, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it the next few days and just see see what we can do. But this, like I said, for, for what we paid for the workshop, this has been so much better than anything else we've ever done for her. So I'm so happy that that Marina gave me this gift that I can share with her and help her last months or years. I, I hope she can see some gypsy puppies. Um, I think she'd like that um, or, or, or pleasant because honestly, guys, and, and this is not good to say, um, but it, it has to be said because we're realists, too. And apparently I'm a straight shooter um, and, and bluntly honest at times. She was in such pain that the option was going to be to put her down because she was not happy anymore. So, you know, we'll see how she does with the body work stuff. I feel like I've given her a new lease on life. I feel like Marina has given that to us. Um, so I, I cannot say thank you enough for that. Um, and Karen says the trip will never, the tip will never get hot and will last forever. And don't get the cheapo $30 ones that they have. You, you need the 150 one from what we've been told. So that was, that was um, Zoe. That was who we did with Zoe. Um, Candy. We did, um, while we were there, Candy had a nice front and a nice rear end. Her spine was twisted. Like her ribs and spine, everything was just like twisted. Really tight. So she was doing what's called pacing. And Holstein was doing this as well. And Gypsy, everyone was pacing. P-A-C-I-N-G. Um, and what that means is the left two legs move and the right two legs move. And the left two legs move and the right two, which is usually a sign of, of pain or impingement somewhere. 
And when I started seeing this, I'm like, you know, why are all our dogs pacing? Well, I know why my dogs are pacing is because they, and probably Holstein too, but you know, like they play rough with each other. They bang into each other all the time. And that can cause the shifts in it. You know, I don't think it's the service dog work because Django does very little, you know, out in public. Um, And whenever we are, it's, it's super short, but it's, it's the running around the the farm running into each other. um, I think that's caused it which is fine if we can, if we have the tools to fix that. So whenever we started with Candy, again, her ribs were so tight. It was like she had a cast over her ribs, like a cast, like what I used when I was eight years old and broke my arm, right? A cast. Couldn't move it. Wasn't flexible. So we, um, we, we did it. We, uh, we assessed her up there. Um, Karen and I, we worked Holstein and we worked her. And we assessed her. We we got it. We started working her. And on that first day up there, um, she was not good at all. Like, I mean, behavior-wise, she was fine. But, like, she was stiff. She was sore. She was pacing. Like, she was clearly uncomfortable. So whenever we started doing the body work stuff with her, holy cow, there was a huge improvement. She's trotting around the house now, whereas before she was just pacing. So a trot, they look like V's whenever they go. Look it up. Look up the gate stuff for the dog so you know what I'm saying. But it's a, a two-step. So two legs, two legs, two legs, two legs. And and it's really awesome to see that, um, that just those three days up there that we got the tools. Now, Marina could have said, here, let me fix this for you and fixed it. But that wouldn't have given us the tools that we need to take it and go and do it more. Um, and then Holstein, this is very interesting, I thought. I thought it was super interesting. So Holstein has a, he was pacing as well. So Karen was working with him. He has a sensitive spot on his back. And if you look at his picture, he has a black spot on his back and it's right at the beginning of the black spot. There's a little dip and it's sensitive. Also happens to be where his patience and love long body vest hits him. So whenever Karen would put it on, he'd be like, oh, and he didn't want to come over and get it put on. And it wasn't fun right but it wasn't a harness so marina's like oh he can't wear that it's it it hurts like it's just fabric (laughs) like how how can this hurt it's not a harness it's just a piece of it's like saying you know my shoulder hurts i'm not going to wear my bra today or or, you know my shirt today because it hurts to but that's how it was with holstein so i said you know what about clothes and she says it, it would all would depend you know like if he has a sweater or whatever it would depend on where it hits him and what he feels so for him just a, a normal vest that all dogs, all service dogs usually wear was too much just because of where it hit him. So you have to be conscientious of your dog. Um, and so Karen was using her yup harness on him for the rest of the trip instead of that. And she said she gets golden puppy. Uh, but just just different, just different things that um, his feet, um, whenever she did his nails, because she did his nails, they tightened up just doing that. And it changes the stance. There was an Aussie there, Anna's Aussie. And um, she was rocked backwards, I believe, like her point of balance was towards her rear. And whenever the nails got done and everything else, then she's standing more four square, which is pretty cool to see just little things make big differences. So that's what I got out of the workshop was a whole way to work on trainability of the dogs and get them better. It looks like all I did was nails. But honestly, it was so much more than that. Um, So we did Zoe today, and I did half a Django, which I didn't think I'd be able to get any of Django, but I got about half of him done. So, um, so I'm going to work on him some more and see how that goes, which is awesome. Uh, do you guys have any questions? Just real quick, because I've got to go because I'm going to be coughing. 
Um, it was it was super. If you have any questions about your dog, here's what I need. Here's what I would like. Send me a picture of your dog front on, from head to feet. I'm looking at the camera. Same with the butt. Tail to feet, looking at the camera. Sideways, looking at the dog for the full profile view from nose to tail. Then if you can do a video of your dog walking away and back, and then walking side by side and with you, with him on a leash. Okay, that would be really cool. So then we can get some practice, get more eyes on these dogs and see what we can see. And then if your clients, short nails are crucial, right? And I thought candies were short. They weren't the right way short. So we'll be doing pictures and videos on that too. We're going to do a handout. And in case we're going to do our handout together um, with Karen and me and Rich. Um, but we're going to do it. And, and that's it. Sammy just had nails done. I'll send pictures, please. Yes, Sue, I would love to see that. Because apparently when the vets do them and the vet techs do them, they do them wrong. But the the show groomers do them right. So like little little things. So yeah, I would love that, Sue. Um, and we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, Arissa. So I'm going to sign off. So I got to go. Um, and I will catch you guys next week. Oof. Find out that the angle of the cut makes a big difference with full walking extension. Yeah. Yeah. And like where their paw pad is dictates it as well. So there's, there's a lot. It's not just, you know, short. So like Django's were short, but I have to fix his angle because his angle is wrong. Candy's angle was wrong, but that was an easy fix because they were short enough. I just had the wrong angle. And then Maria said I did a good job and that makes me all happy. Um, you guys take care. Group class this weekend, we're going to play with some proprioception stuff. Okay, and that'll be fun. Have fun, and I will see you next.